Hello and welcome back to season four of and episode four of Empower Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michael Abney, and I'm here today with Marilyn Egan. And we are joined today by um, our special guest today is Mike Kidco, author of Imposter in Charge. And we've I met you once. Um, I heard about you on Facebook and through my uh, mutual friends, Becky Schoenig. She's like, you got to meet Mike. And like, we've been, we were looking at, um, you know, season four and we were at Becky's restaurant <laughs> and yes. you were just sitting there and I'm like, I think that's Mike. I'm going to go up and talk to him. So hello and welcome and saying, thank you for saying yes. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And, and the I, I got the same salad that I get every single time. And, and it's amazing. And I look forward to it. And my wife is sick of me getting the same thing, but I can't help myself. Thanks thanks for having me. And appreciate yes. being here. And uh, I'm ready to jam. Yes. Yeah. And same here. I met Mike one time at the Peace Place. We did our collaborative event okay. this summer in July. And some friends had said, you need to meet Mike Kiko and his wife, Angie. You've got to meet them. And they were there. And that so. is still so foreign to me, right? Like, my wife steps into the spotlight. If there's a spotlight, Angie's going to step into it. <laughs> and, and to be recognized is still so foreign to me or, or to, to have people know my name because it hasn't been that long for, for this whole evolution. Well, good. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'm an energized. stepped I'm in. Oh, yeah. Well, tell us a little <laughs> bit about, like, how, you know, that St. Louis is, has just this amazing, diverse energetic community of people yes. that it kind of blows me away how many people are, are literally here that are you know have this um different expression their expression of their own light that they want to share with the world the message that they want to do like all helping people that's what the basis of everything that we're doing here and the conversations we just like to have keep having this conversation um that empowers people mm -hmm. that's why we call it empower podcast so yeah. like tell us how you sort of connected or was it always there was there something that happened like yeah. what was the story like, no that got it you? wasn't always there not at all so um my wife and i are both from the mid-atlantic um, i'm from baltimore she's from uh northern virginia we met in abnormal psychology class that was the first indicator then we moved all the way across <laughs> the country with a corporate job i was a corporate exec uh long executive background leadership background we moved all the way across the country to oregon we lived there for 10 years and my um, kids were getting were getting uh, older, and she said, "Hey, if we didn't want to stay in Oregon, she said, if if we're going to leave, then we need to leave before they reach middle school." So at that point, you know, it, when we moved the first time, it was like, "Hey, we want to move," and then an opportunity would pop up. So I visited St. Louis in 1999 with a Marine Corps buddy. I'm a Marine veteran, and with you know, he lived here, and and I came out, and I fell in love with St. Louis. And when we were looking for a place, I kept coming back to Angie. There's this. That's my wife. There's this. St. Louis was really cool. So as soon as kind of we put out that intention, an opportunity came up. And we they wined us, dined us, we came here, and then we decided to move here. And uh, that was in 2013. And I was still in that executive mindset. I, I, my eyes were closed. Consciously speaking, my eyes were closed. I was still, you know, it was all about wealth, titles, money for me. It was all about how many beers. I, I'm, I'm a recovered alcoholic. How many beers can I drink? How, you know, how much football can I watch? It was very uh, much a, a closed eye unawakened life and uh it all fell apart so we moved here with a corporate gig it was a great job i lost that job uh after 18 months uh five months uh, so we drank angie and i and it's all in the imposter in charge for five months we had we drank that severance like it was like going out of style and it was awesome and then i got another job and i held that position for 15 months before everything went upside down and i was in you know 300 pound alcoholic suicidal I mentally emotionally physically abused my wife my 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 house was toxic so at that point i i figured out that what i had done up to those 43 years wasn't working and that's when everything you know just opened up so uh, i started doing a lot of soul searching and understanding and i started like this book path that led me down this spiritual path and, and this, this conscious path and a, and a new path and a healthier path. And when I started realizing that I had lived life completely upside down and I chased the wrong things and I started chasing the right things and started doing things that were physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually connected with who I am and my, my purpose and, and, and my, my power, then 
everything in my entire life shifted. My wife was still in chemical dependency and I filed for divorce from her after I started my journey. And like up to that point, we had threatened divorce so many times that it was a joke. And I I threatened divorce or I actually filed for divorce. And the next day she said, did you really file? I was like, yeah. She said, okay, listen, I'm in. Like, let's go. And then I'm getting emotional because that was the first time that day that we ever really had a partnership. It was like, okay, let's do this together. Cause I was already on my journey and she said, I'm in, let's roll. And it's been beautiful from there. You know, toxicity started leaving our life and new beautiful people started coming in. And that's when we started finding the spiritual community and, and the enlightened community. And that's when we first saw it. We never, we had never seen it up to that point, but we, when we invited it, when we allowed it, it, it flowed so magically and beautifully and we're surrounded by it every day. And we're, you know, we, we're always around beautifully energetic, magnetic, spiritual, just magicians. It's unbelievable. And that's why I'm here today. Wow. That is an amazing story. I want to know what was the first thing you Mm -hmm. did to step into this? Because that's a, big gigantic shift i mean what was the one thing that made a light bulb go off Mm. so stopped living for anyone else i think that is that was the the turning point is making a decision for myself what i wanted in my life because i had i had lived for my kids i had lived for my wife i had lived for my titles i had lived for income i had lived for power, authority in, in corporate. I had lived for, you know, to show people on Facebook what I had and who I was. I'd lived for everybody else my whole life. And and it was literally just turning it back, turning the light inside, saying, who am I? Because up to that point, I had never really asked that question before. Who? Was that a, like an aha? Or was that like a, just an internal, do you hear a voice? Like, how did, like, because this is, this little line right here, yeah. like what we're talking about, this is the crux for the planet. Yes. <laughs> so yes. what was that thing that said, okay, I'm not going down this train track anymore. I'm going down this train track. So I literally, I was sitting in the chair. I've got this this lazy boy at home. And it's it, I, I wrote about it in the book. And I've got a lazy boy at home. I still have it. And I'll never get rid of that thing because it it wasn't. And I get emotional when I'm when I'm telling you stories. But it was the, 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 the place I was either going to die or be reborn, right? So it, it, in that chair. And I, I literally was sitting in that chair when I decided not to pull the trigger. And, and, and that was the first time I got up from the chair and I, I made a decision for myself. Now, it may seem silly. It may no. seem, no. you know, intellectually, it doesn't make sense. But I used to, I was 300 pound alcoholic and I tried to work out and I tried to quit, you know, alcohol and I tried to like take, regain power and take back my own authority. But my wife would fight me or a friend would call up and say, come on, let's just have one more beer. There was always these external forces that convinced me not to do the thing that I wanted to do. And, And this was the first time when I got up from that chair I had, I decided to go down in my basement gym and work out. And that 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 concept might seem foreign to most people, but it's literally the first decision that I made to do what I wanted to do and no one was going to stop me. And it it looking back, it seems so ins- insignificant, but back then it was huge because again, it was either I pull the trigger or go work out. When you say pull the trigger, were you kidding? Like literally, I was going to kill myself. Literally, I was seconds away from killing myself. Because I had the only thing I had in my entire life was uh, money, wealth, titles, power, right? Some I, I'm a, a Marine veteran, so I ascended the ranks quickly, and suddenly I was I was you know responsible for Marines. Every corporation I've ever worked in, when when I was put into a team, you know it was a matter of months before the team was mine, and I was the leader. I had always had this influence, and and, and I guess it's just a you know my my, my being, but it just attracts authority and, and responsibility and leadership. Right. It just shows up and people see it. People saw it before I did. So I was like almost handed all this stuff and I didn't know what to do with it. And then I didn't know what to do without it because when after that second job loss, it all went away. And I was like, I have nothing. I, I literally have nothing in my life. And that was literally I didn't have a title. I didn't have power and I didn't have any any income. And I felt like I had nothing. 
Meanwhile, I had a wife. I had a kid, you know, two kids, two children. Um, I had a beautiful house. I had cars. I had a savings account. I had investments. I had all this financial, all this material stuff. And I literally felt like I had nothing. And it, that was that that point, right? And, and you, you say, is there a point? I, I like to draw this continuum, right? So when I'm, I'm, my hands are up, I'm an animated guy. So my hands are up and they're flying around like a robot. But, you know, in my left hand, I'm, I'm drawing a, an end of the continuum and that's fear, right? And, and, and in my right hand, I'm, I'm drawing a line and it's the continuum, the, the far end and that's purpose. And somewhere in the middle, right? Somewhere in the middle is this thing that I like to call the critical purpose decision or the critical purpose point. It's like that moment when you stop running from fear or because of fear and start running and say, you know what? I'm going to die like at some point. So why am I running from death and running from like everything out of survival and start running towards what I actually want to do in my life and who I want to be and how I want to serve and, and how I want to show up and, and why, why, why is it not okay for me to do that? And that was that critical purpose decision that when I got up from that chair, I just snapped my fingers. That's what's in the background. But when I got up from that chair and I didn't pull the trigger and I went work, worked out, that was my critical purpose decision because my wife tried to fight me to get me to stop. And I just wouldn't let her. And up to that point, I had never made a decision for myself. It was always about what somebody else wanted for me. Wow. That is powerful. So let's move back again. So you're working out. Mm-hmm. And what's your next step? You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're there and you know you're going to stand in your own power. But how do you do that? I'm thinking of people who might be listening going, okay, so what's the next step? Yeah. So this might sound self-serving and sometimes I try to leave this out, right? But I I am a coach and a speaker and an Mm -hmm. author. But I actually had a friend reach out to me. And he had started a coaching business. He was a coach. I was his first client. But he had started a coaching business. And when he reached out, you know, he, he, he said, hey, can I help you through this? I'm like, yeah, that's, that's cool. You know, what, what does that mean? He's like, well, do you want friend or do you want coach? And at that point, I had no idea what a coach was. What that distinction was. And I said, so, so let me get this right. Mm-hmm. You're going to make me pay to be your friend. And I didn't quite understand. And we agreed to something that was very financially, like, minuscule. But it was still an exchange of, of money, and that felt completely poisonous to me because I felt alone. But I had this guy who I would seen him start to put his life back together from shambles, and I, like, I accepted help. Even though Angie I – mean, even to spend almost nothing, Angie was fighting me tooth and nail. She was still in active addiction. She was still upside down. So you know, when I started doing that, and then I had somebody to lean on, and I had someone like pushing me and, and helping me. And everything here's, – here's what I've learned in coaching. You know inside of you who you want to be and what you want to do, and it's not for the coach to tell you what that is. It's to give you permission to be that. And help you see that it's all an illusion why you can't be that in that moment, right? So and that's, what he, that's what he started doing. He started taking away my excuses. And he started peeling away and, and helping me unravel the illusion that I had created. And we got to a point where you – know, I got to a point where it was, okay, if you're not lifting me up, if you're not celebrating what I want, if you're not empowering what I want, if you're not in, in helping me get to what I want, then you're working against me and you don't have a place in my life. Like literally, it was that cut and dry. I'm like, what am I doing? I've, I'm surrounded by a bunch of people that are literally pulling me back down and I think these are friends and family. And that's when I filed for divorce because my biggest, at that point, my biggest obstacle, hurdle was my wife because she was fighting because we were – we met in abnormal psychology, and then it was a series of toxic dates formed around chemicals, and that's, that's how we had shown up. And it took me leading myself in order for her to say, okay, I'm in, and that's when she broke the cycle for herself. I, I was an enabler for all those years, and I didn't even know it. I thought I was like helping her and supporting her. I thought I was her biggest advocate, but I was her biggest enemy as well because I just kept allowing her to do exactly the the self-destruction that she was inflicting upon herself. And when I broke my cycle 
that gave her permission to break her cycle. And she did that. And that's what we have to take responsibility for ourselves before we can like help anyone else. So when, when I'm in my, in my coaching business, you know, and, and, and I love working with guys that are, that identify with, <laughs> this is a, you know, it's become a toxic word, but, but, but bear with me. I love working with the, like alpha leaders, but I love working with the conscious awakened, like new alpha leaders that understand that <laughs> our responsibility is, is to, is to empower people and to help people and lift everybody up and everything that we come in contact with without tearing anything down. We got to leave everything better when we, than when we found it, right? No shaming, no guilting, no anger, no threats, no, no violence, no, no belittling, just, just love letting others voluntarily evolve, right? Think of that. Feel that word when you define or redefine love as letting others voluntarily evolve. It's not, it's not my responsibility to tell my kids who they are. It's not my responsibility to tell my wife who she is. It's my responsibility to create space so that they can step into whoever they're designed to be. So how do we do that? First, we lead ourselves, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health inside our connectedness. Second of all, we are on purpose. We're not coincidences. We're not mistakes. We're not here on accident. We are 100% here on purpose. And it's digging to find that purpose. And if you look at all the experiences that you've encountered your entire life, in there, you're going to find your purpose. And when you find that purpose, that's when you can start like shifting everything you come in contact with in that way. And when you do that, you start to feel from, from leading yourself, you start to feel internally significant when you start to serve in your purpose and create impact and shifts in the world in your purposeful way. You start to feel externally significant. And when you do that, the family gets the benefit of all your power and all your, your internal power and all your, your presence and all your significance and the fact that you feel purposeful and they start to get the, the, the love, the letting others voluntarily evolve that you couldn't give them if you didn't lead yourself and if you didn't lead society. And then when they're allowed to step into that, basically all you're doing is giving them permission to do the exact same thing you did, but it has nothing to do with you. You've just created that space. Right. So finding love for yourself really is the key. Finding love for yourself and it being who you are allows others to do the same also. Um, another thing that came up, so you talked about finding yourself. Did you find that that was really more about allowing your authenticity mm-hmm. to come to the surface more than digging for it because it's really right there in front of your face it's always (laughs) been there you've always known who you are you've just uh, there's in in my mind right there there are three powerful powerful anchors um belief anchors that that have helped me shift into a whole new level right so these three and there's there's many but here's the most powerful three Number one is there's no single right way for anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number two is there's not one single person on the face of this planet who's more important than you. And there's no single person on the face of this planet who's less important than you. And the third part of that is you are the most important person in your life. And number three is we are not here to play small. We are not here to survive. We are, uh, I, I like to say we're, you know, I, I, I guide men to move from survivorship to leadership, right? We are not here to survive. You are not going to survive this experiment. You are not going to ex- survive this experience. You are not. You are not getting out of this human thing alive. Why not have a lot of fun and live soul out while you're here, right? And that's when, when you embrace, when I embrace those three those three elements, those three beliefs, it helped me get out of survivor mode and running from fear and start running towards purpose, right? We're not here to survive and play small. So why not show up? Now, going back mm-hmm. to your question, Marilyn, it's we've always known who we are. Right. Always. You're always getting these signals of exactly who you are. You've just 
convinced yourself or some other folks have convinced you that you're not allowed to be that. But if you go back to anchor number one, there's no single right way. What's right for me is not right for you, and what's right for you is not right for me. And it's abusive to manipulate and control someone to get them to try to be who you want them to be. And that's not loving. Let others voluntarily evolve. It's about being who you are, living soul out, and letting everybody else do the same. Now, boundaries and consequences, right? Because that's the question I always get asked. Well, how do I keep myself safe? Boundaries and consequences. The space that I keep between me and you is the amount of space that I require to keep myself free from physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual abuse. If I trust you 100% and I know you have my, my full back, right, and, and you're empowering and you're, 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 you're loving, then I'm going to stand right next to you. But if I feel that I need to keep space, then I'm going to keep that space. But it's going to be out of love, right, letting others voluntarily evolve. Not out of judgment, not out of fear. But the fact that mm, I value myself and I'm the most important person in my life. And it, it's a requirement for me to make sure that I'm living soul out, living my best life, because I got a lot of people to teach, to coach, to impact, to influence before my last breath. Let that sink in. Yeah, exactly. I don't leave much space for uh, non-talk, but... No, I, I, what you're saying from like a male perspective is, is really like, um, I gotta be really honest. I haven't heard that. It's the new alpha male, right? It's it. We lead, we lead males. We lead. Now, what are we leading? Right. Leading yourself, leading society, leading your family, three simple elements of leadership. How are you showing up in each of those? A lot of guys, a lot of men go right to. Let me serve my family. And they lose themselves and they lose their purpose. They might go right to, let me serve my purpose. And in the process, they lose themselves and they lose their family. Or there's a combination where they don't get all those right, somewhere in that. But if we show up and we literally surrender to ourselves and who we are, who we're meant to be and lead ourselves, and we find that, that flame of purpose that's deeply embedded and hidden inside of all of us until we open our eyes – and we impact the world with our gift. That gives us the ability. I mean, we do, I, what I see is we step right into a leadership position with our family because that's what they were after the entire time. They, they wanted us. My kids get the benefit. They, they're 17 and 15, two, two girls, and they roll their eyes when, you know, when I'm on a podcast or you know, when, when I put the, the finished book down at the table for, for my, uh, my kids to, to see. My 17-year-old thumbed through it, and she said, oh, my God, this is like a real book. <laughs> like she said I thought this was a joke yeah this is a real book and, and I could see the pride you know in gosh here we go well she observed your transformation she did you know? but, but she's 17 right and 17 year olds are caught up in their story and 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 my 17 year old daughter is you know she's she's a senior in high school She's been through trauma and abuse, right? She was she was a victim of 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 that chaos. Yeah. So she's got her own internal stuff going on. When I say I'm writing a book, she's like, "Whatever, dad." Right? Right. And and I put down a book, she's like, "Wow." And she won't tell me that 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 she appreciates it or or she's impressed or or that, you know, she finds significance in it. But she sure is telling her friends. But she's not going to engage with dad as a, as an adult. She's going to engage with dad as a 17-year-old because that's all she's capable of at this point. Right. Right? Letting mm -hmm. others voluntarily evolve. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I have another question. As you, um, as you work with men as leaders, do you find, though, that some men are different kinds of leaders than others, that there's – there's, there are a lot of men who carry a lot of yin energy, which is important right now, too. So do you have different approaches for men who have different ways of leading? Yeah, I think it goes back to the balance of, of masculine and feminine. And, and you know, yeah. for, mm -hmm. for all those years, I was, you know, I was the stoic, 
man that would tell my wife that she's silly for having emotion, right? I was that guy. I just, just, you know, you're not allowed to have emotion. Emotion's not okay. You know, the old alpha, the old school 1950s tough alpha Marlboro, Marlboro man, right? Um, and I think it's a matter of understanding that we all have that balance or we all have the masculine and feminine. I'm, I mean, guys, I've already, I've already teared up and like, yeah. Like I had to just move the microphone away from me because I'm a guy like like snot building up in my nose because I, <laughs> because for so long I suppressed the feminine energy in me and we all have the balance we all have it hidden in us and it's the key to unlock your power. power. Yes, it's the key to unlock your power. So and and the first time and I, and I do some speaking, but I was in an event and it was it was a you know 75 women and I just went soul out and I just like started ripping and started letting everything go and I cried 15 times and my wife's in the back in the back of the room and she's blowing me kisses and and, and I get I could see her mouthing hey I, I love you and and, and, and I, I I appreciate you and I could see her lipping words of of like praise and she loves the fact that I feel internally powerful and she's seeing this room glued to my words right because there's power in 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 my words, right? And the way I express myself. Everybody's got an innate power. You just need to find it and unlock it and just unleash it. And I in this session, I just I just ripped and I cried and I I I I choked on my words and and I, I couldn't hold back the tears. And at the end of the session, it was the first time that I ever got a standing ovation. I'm like, this is kind of wacky. Because here I am, this Marine veteran, you know, six foot, 210 pounds, big, strong guy. And I've got a bunch of women like standing for me. And I just boohooed all over the place. And ever since then, I, I don't hold anything back. Why, why are we going to hold back our power? That, that thing that you fear the most is the thing that you need the most. And for all those years, I tried to suppress emotion. And it's by surrendering to that emotion and just living soul out. Whatever is going to be, just let it rip. And you'll find more people appreciate you. And you're not going to find people that reject you. The only people that are going to reject you are the people that feel like they can't do what you're doing or be who you're being. Oh, that's the truth. That's the T. Yes. <laughs> and you were real and authentic in that speech. <clears throat> and that's what everybody loved. Yeah. The authenticity of who yeah. you were. And, um, and they and were talking. all going in their head. I wish every guy that I knew was like yes, express themselves yeah. like that. Yeah, and and, and there's huge. there's guys who show up now. There's certain there's certainly guys that show up and saying, you know, is this confidential? <laughs> because we're going to form a relationship and a partnership, and they're going to be themselves more than they've ever been themselves. And I'm just going to allow them, you know, the permission to be themselves. They're going to see their safety there, yeah. right? And, and that I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to reject them for being a, you know, for being a human being. And when there's an, a sense of acceptance there, it's probably the first sense of acceptance they've ever felt in their whole life. And then they're going to continue to build on that power. But that's that's number one, right? Leading yourself, being yourself, giving yourself permission to be yourself. When you do that, everyone <laughs> – when I was a toxic alcoholic, I was surrounded by toxic alcoholics. Mm -hmm. Now that I feel internally powerful, internally significant, I'm surrounded by a bunch of people that feel internally power and powerful and significant. When I was abusive – I was surrounded by a bunch of people that were abusive, and now that I am like a, a giver and I wake up every single day to move the needle on humanity in my way, I'm surrounded by people that do the exact same. You're attracting yourself, right? And if you want a higher level, you got to be willing to let go of what you have and die that death in order to step into a higher level of significance and power and happiness and joy and peace and impact and prosperity. Amen. Yes. Preach. <laughs> ah, I can't exactly. do anything but. <laughs> Which is an amazing yes. conversation because you just don't walk around in the world. Well, we do, but like, yeah. <laughs> don't like normally, most people do not have this conversation mm -hmm. or even have know how to have this conversation. Yes. That's why we do this. So, like, in when you're meeting people, or let's just stay with the guy perspective for just a second. So, imagine the world. Where all the men had what you have. Imagine a right. world where all the men have what you have. Let me give him another Kleenex first. Yes. No. 
And thank you, Mar- Mama Marilyn, for having Kleenex in her purse. Yeah. Um, the the answer that popped up in me is that's when we're going to start having the real fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. When, yeah. That's when that's when we get to to take this thing to a whole new level, right? So. Um, Understanding that you are where you are because you create it, and there's a next level when you get to when 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 7.7 billion people are walking around and awakened, and 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 there's there's peace on earth, right? That's when we really get to have some fun and get to get to evolve in a uh, in a healthy, impactful way where we can just keep raising the bar on on happiness and joy and peace and love and prosperity. But you know, going from on a scale of one to 100, right? Now, going from a 1 to a 100 is probably going to be just as much fun as going from 150 to 151, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. So, right. so it's just what, what don't we know that we don't know that we're going to get to experience when we're there, right? But I know if, if we keep doing, you know, if you, if, if, you, if, you do what, if you always do what you always did, you always get what you always got. We got to do something different to evolve, Right. If we want, if 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 we want to, if we want to experience more love, peace, joy, happiness, and prosperity, we've got to be willing to lose who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I don't know what it was that <clears throat> was in. I'm just glad that for you that you're in the world. I'm glad you're in the yeah. world. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and expressing yourself this way because it's very it's very powerful. Um, and and um, I need it. Yes. Um, <laughs> very much so. So I'm kind of taken aback by the that what you the energy that you have that mm-hmm. you've expressed is like for me you made that available. Mm-hmm. Like I don't walk around thinking that there's you know because all we're all in our little bubbles. Yeah, and I'm surrounded by my like-minded people, but like that's why I love bringing in different expressions of the same thing because it just makes it bigger and more expansive. And now like I'll walk out of this podcast today knowing that you're possible. Mm. Right. Yeah. No, and if, it, it and if you're possible, possible it, it's available to there's everyone else. Millions other that's possible for too that it's happening simultaneously for. So let's talk about marriage real quick because, you know, for all those years we were embroiled in, in, in just complete chaos and complete torture and beating the crap out of each other in every way possible, right? And we couldn't – let me just paint this picture. We couldn't convince each other enough that we were pieces of crap. Right. We it was like we woke up every day to convince the other person they were no one. It was like and and I love this line. Right. An argument is just two people fighting for the victim position. I, 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 I love that. Right. When I heard that, I'm like, ah, that makes all the sense. So, so someone so, someone that's that's embroiled in an argument, all you're trying to do is become a victim. <laughs> and that, that doesn't serve anybody. Right. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve anybody else. So why even argue? But, you know, we went from that place to. Now being married, but we're business partners and we probably spend – and we joke about this. And one time we were sitting there having coffee. We probably spend 80% of our life in the same room. Wow. That's and, good. And, <laughs> but check this out. That's not enough. I want more. So the goal is to get up to 90. And then we're going to say, how can we get up to 95? Because I don't want to be away from her. She's my best friend. She's my biggest cheerleader. She's my greatest supporter. She's the person who gives me power and authority when when I'm missing that power and authority inside myself. She's the one who says, hey, you know, you got to get out there because there's people who need you. Like I've got this this picture in my head and it's it's the world on fire. Right now, I'm not a savior. I don't pretend to be, but there's this burn inside me that I can't, that I don't want to make go away. To to help, to to lift everything I come in contact with. It's just a burn. Like some people have burn to make a lot of money. I have a burn to help as many people as I can and to help them see and open their eyes. Right. But there's this picture that I have, and it's the world on fire. Now, picture the globe. From outer space, and there's fires. Maybe there's some earthquakes. There's volcanoes. You got that picture in your head. Mm-hmm. It's then there's a picture, right, of 
uh, you know, you see in that same image, that's like, let's say that's on your far, far right. I'm trying to draw this picture in your head. I'm not doing a great job, but I'm going to keep trying. On the far left of the picture is my wife with this really stern look on her face. And she's pointing at the world. Get out there. And it's between the world and between my wife with like pointing at the world with this stern look on my face or with the stern look on her face is me walking towards the world knowing that comfort is where she is and that the work that I'm meant to do is where that globe is. And my shoulders are slumped and I've basically surrendered to the fact that life is not about finding comfort. Life's about serving that purpose. Life's about finding it and leading others through that purpose, right? We're not here to be comfortable. It doesn't have to be hard. My life is not hard. I live a very, very good life. It is not hard. I don't work hard. I don't, I don't struggle. But man, it's not comfortable. Because mm-hmm. comfortable like, is death, right? Yeah. So I, I keep myself uncomfortable on purpose. And that keeps me on purpose, on purpose. Open that up just a little bit more. Because that's, that's yeah. like being okay. Like, let's just describe this for people. Because that's so important what you just said. Because um, we all are trained not to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But, like, let's make that okay today. Let's make un- uncomfortable yeah. okay today. Because yes. I find myself here a lot. You know, and, like... You know, I always, it's like dancing on the, that razor's edge. You know, like you get cut sometimes <laughs> trying to stay, trying to stand up on it. But the reality is, um, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I just want to give permission, people, to let's talk about that just for a split yeah. second about mm-hmm. what that means for you in your life, sure. and even you, Marilyn. Like, yeah. like, do you have <clears throat> that experience too? Of- oh, absolutely. It would be easier and more comfortable to stay status quo but there's this piece of me that knows this I want to call it um, an outside of the box feeling you know which is uncomfortable but it doesn't mean no don't do it it's an outside of the box to go do what we do to speak to those that we speak to about what we do because it's weird and it's different you know for a lot of people so it's not totally comfortable mm. but it's I just think also there's a collapse that's happened within humanity about this very what we're yes. just talking about about yes you know how that taps into maybe the i'm the flow? i don't know but like the the flight or uh, fight flight or flight, flight right you know being uncomfortable no that's not good for me or whatever mm-hmm. like but you have to be uncomfortable you have to be or nothing grows nothing you're not going right. to learn anything well that's what i mean by outside of the box it's yeah. not an extreme uncomfortable that tells you, no, don't do it. But it is that newness. It's really kind of an exciting thing. And excitement and fear are highly mm-hmm. related. Yeah. But if you can stay in the excitement and not turn on the fear, it can be a very, I mean, it's rewarding at the same time. Yeah. It's a, it's an un. Uncomfort- uncomfortable spot because you're outside the box, but there's also um, a fulfilling mm-hmm. place. Like a pull. Yes. Knowing that we are doing what we're supposed to be doing yeah. on the earth in our way. Yeah. I was just trying to in relate it to way. something in my in own life. Way. Like, kind of like for me, it's working out. Like, it's always uncomfortable. Uh- Good. Always, always Good. uncomfortable. Because how you show up in one area of your life is how you show up in all of them. If you're not right. willing to push yourself physically, then you're not going to push yourself purposefully, right? So a couple things came up as I was sitting here listening to this great conversation. One is that I, I did this silly Facebook post one time, and it said there was only it was like three or four lines. And I'm trying to recreate it in my head because it was just a couple days ago. And it said, uh, when, you read, when you read what's below, your mind is going gonna, is gonna to tell you, uh, that it's garbage and it's it's like it you should dismiss it and then said and then after you finish reading it read it again are you ready and it was a question and then right below it said your mind makes uh, your your mind perceives threats and danger where there is no threats and danger. Yeah, I read right? That. right. So so it's your mind is constantly telling you there's danger where there's not. Right. There's a difference between fear and danger. 
Right. Okay. Fear is mental and emotional, right? It's your body's response mm-hmm. to the potential of a threat of danger. And danger is very physical, right? Mm-hmm. So danger is physical. Fear is mental and emotional. Your body's trying to alert you to potential physical threats, even when there are none. So how does this relate? You know, fear of public speaking, the fear of a potential danger of dying, (laughs) speaking to people, right? (laughs) So, you know, it took me a while. There's a guy. There's a – I love, you know, the Eckhart Tolle's and the David Hawkins of the world. I loved spiritual gurus. It's where I live probably 95% of my time. And I rejected this guy for a long time, right? And I'm going to name his name and maybe somebody, you know, you guys will will like shriek. But I found to love this guy because he's got a great message and I completely misperceived him. I was a judgmental asshole at that point, right? But Grant Cardone. Oh, yeah. Okay. Very physical guy. Success, success, success. And I literally dismissed this guy. He is, he seems like the epitome of an alpha male. But he says, you know, when we sit down, when he sits down to his table with his family, he's like, success matters. Success is all that matters. But, but it's not just success financially. It's, I want my marriage to be successful. And what's it going to take for my marriage to be successful? I want my health to be successful. What's it going to take for my health to be successful? What I want my, I want my, uh, my spirituality. He's a spiritual man. What, what is it going to take for me to be successful spiritually? And he's like, what, when I do whatever it is, I want to do that like 10 X because I don't want to play small. And it goes back to what you were saying, Michael, is if it's worth doing, it's worth pushing because if you don't push, then then you're holding back somewhere else, right? You're showing up. If you show up small in one area, look at your whole life because you're showing up small. If you're not willing to work through that mental, I ran ran a couple miles the other day. I typically run three miles every day or every other day. And and then I I do, I lift the next day. But uh, so when I increased my workout, my, my run to four miles, Right after the three mile, my mind started shutting off. It's like, hey, we've done enough. Let's let's stop. Let's slow down. We've already checked the box. We're good. Let's you know I felt an energy drain. And immediately I started visualizing that I had just started the workout and I was at zero and I felt the energy rushing in my body. Wow. It's all a mental game. Your mind's in the way. There's nothing real out there. Now, why did I mention Grant Cardone? Because here's why I love this guy. He's like, look, you're gonna find haters. If you do anything of significance in the world, if you have any impact, you're going to find haters. But here's what I want you to do. If you have two haters, that means you're helping 100 people. So go find 20 haters. <laughs> because if you find 20 haters and two people means that you've helped 100 people, what does 20 haters mean? It means you've just, you've just 10x'd your impact. Go find haters. That's the discomfort that Marilyn was talking about. Go find it. Go find the judgment. It's going to be there regardless. But it has nothing to do with you. It's all about them. Now, there, here's, this, here's this cool exercise that I do um, every day when, when I take a shower. I take a nice warm shower. Not like my wife. She, like, scalds her, her skin. But, <laughs> but I take a nice warm shower, and at the very end, I shut off the, the hot water. And I just sit under there and I say these words, in order to live the life that I want to live, I must be willing to do things that most people wouldn't do. I've got to be willing to get uncomfortable, right? Got to be willing to get uncomfortable. There is no growth. There's no impact in comfort. None. We've got to be willing to to get uncomfortable and stay uncomfortable because that's when we're going to grow and that's when our impact is going to grow as well. Crying in front of a room, right? There's going to be somebody in that room who's going to judge the living shit out of me. That's their problem, not mine. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that in my life. I've separated myself from all that toxicity years and years ago, right? It's time to jam. It's time to rock. It's time to to change the world. And that's going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to be, it's not going to be always pleasant. Yeah. You said one thing I just want to, that argument thing, when you said you're arguing. The victim. Yeah. Say, say it again. Yeah. That an yes. argument is just two people fighting for victim position, right? You're trying to, and, yes. you, and, you, keep, and you keep trying to, trying to better each other than I'm a big, bigger victim, right? So here's my aha. Most people in life argue with what's in front of them. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're doing that not to another person, but they're to doing themselves. that to the entire they're doing that to the entire universe. Everything. Right. 
everything. Fighting to be the victim mm-hmm. of the universe. Yes. Mm-hmm. By arguing with, with, with reality. Reject, rejecting reality. Yeah. yeah. Rejecting reality. That did happen. Sky screen. Yes. Sky yes. screen. You heard that right? Yeah. If somebody <laughs> died. They shouldn't have died. So I'm going to go into a depression. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the, the economy just collapsed and it shouldn't have collapsed. So I'm going to go kill myself. I, I was there. Right. I, I should have income. You don't understand. You, universe, you got it all wrong. I should have income. I should have a title. I should have power. I should have authority. You, you got it all wrong, universe. So because I'm a victim, I'm going to kill myself. That it doesn't make any sense. Now, let me take that and expand that one step farther. Is because ha, here's another great quote. Right, you write this stuff. Write this quote down on your forehead. <laughs> is it's lack of trust in life that makes life so difficult. Now, mm-hmm. if I would when when I didn't have my job, when I didn't have a job, I just wanted another one. I just wanted to go back to, to comfort, to what I knew. And, and God, universe, source, whatever the hell you want to call it, just said, Mm-mm. no, I got you. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I need a job. And he's like, nope, gotcha. He's like, no, you don't understand. So I'm going to try to manifest it. In the, I'm going to like sit on my meditation pillow and I'm going to visualize a job. And, and, and I went out and I had this dream. And I, I, in, in this dream, my first day of work, I was going to work in this shirt. And I tried to use all those, all those techniques. And I tried to manifest that job hard. And God's like, mm, no, it's not going to work. It's not in the cards. Thank God I didn't get that job. Right. I failed. I came in like second, like four or five times. Thank God I didn't get a job. Thank God I didn't manifest that because I've coached hundreds of people. I've spoken in front of rooms. I've released a book. I mean, it's amazing when, what happens when you don't get what you want, but instead you make the best of what you have and you stop rejecting now and start living in the, in the beauty and the joy of it and find the, the, the happiness in the now instead of trying to recreate the now into the visual that you have. Say yes and watch all the beauty that comes to life. It's all there. You're just too busy ignoring it, pushing it away to really enjoy what what life is giving you. It's giving you everything you could ever dream of and imagine. You just have it. You're trying to get it your way, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, powerful. Powerful. (sighs) Well, I can just tell you right now, if you're listening to this, just go back to the front because you're going to listen to it again because I was literally here and I want to go back and listen to this again. Yes. This is incredible. So um, I'm going to be processing this for a minute. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much for bringing your energy here, sharing in it, uh, mind-blowing messages and just sharing your life and what you're up to. And I'm so glad that there's other people like me in the world. Like yeah. that's, so I yes. have that same passion. It's just it's just, it's rare. Yeah, so. no doubt. Right, right. And you both are demonstrating <laughs> it in different powerful ways. Yeah. And that's what I love. Uniqueness. That's what I love. Uniqueness. It's everybody no. being who they really are in such amazing, powerful ways. If you, if, if you look at Michael and you look at me, we don't look anything alike. <laughs> right. Right. So in, in, in the very last chapter of, of The Imposter in Charge, the imposter syndrome is about you know, feeling like you don't fit in and you don't belong. In the last chapter, I said, we're all misfits, 7.7 billion people, and we're all trying right. to like play, pretend like we're, 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 we're like everybody else. We're not. Yeah. Me and Michael don't walk like – we have the same name. Yeah. But that's it. Different skin tone, different. He's got hair and I don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it, the, the similarities stop at name, but yet you're the same both, impact. Right, and you're both functioning from love, uh, which is all we all we have. Right. What did you get? Like, what was your takeaway? Like, you have you had a unique um, point of view here today, like listening to this. Yes, I did. Because Mike's the first guy that we've ever actually had as a guest on our show. So that's really cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. um, I'm blessed to be that, by the way. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think I love the fact that you are so passionate and that you're willing to go down to that gut level Mm -hmm. and show every ounce Mm. Of emotion and feeling that what brought you to where you are. 
And I love that authenticity and the honesty. And I think that will speak volumes to so many people. Yeah. Thank you. So thank yeah. you. No, it, it's a it's a gift. It, this wasn't by my design, <laughs> right? I had right. to I had to be on my knees in order for all of this to happen. And, right. And when I say on my knees, again, it was that you know, do I pull the trigger or do I go and take take responsibility? I, I love this acronym APR. Right. Absolutely. It's actually an initialism because an acronym means it's a word. And initialism means it's just letters. I, it was a pretty cool factoid I learned one time. Um, it's a cool initialism for absolute personal responsibility, right? It's absolute personal responsibility, responsibility. is, is taken. You're not a victim of anything. You're responsible for all of it. The good stuff, mm-hmm. the not so good stuff, you mm-hmm. did that. So yeah. it's stop fighting for the victim position. Stop saying, stop excusing what's, you know, the way your life is on, on politics or on, you know, religion or on the past or on your wife or on your husband, your kids, your financial. Nope. None of it matters. You created all of it. So absolute personal responsibility. Take it. Start there. And you'll be amazed at what comes out of it. Now, here's what I'll, I'll share with you. My wife has to put up with this every single day, and there really is no off button. <laughs> so she kind of gets sick of it, but I love her, and she loves me, and she empowers me and encourages me. And we never, ever thought that kind of a marriage existed. Right. But now people, because we are who we are, people see that it is – going back to your, to your point, Michael. People see what's possible. When one of us get better, it opens up the opportunity for all of us to get right. better. So no matter who you are – Right. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what conditions you find yourself in right now, when you make a different decision and you start to evolve and you start to take your power back and you start to 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 significantly impact your life, it's going to change everything because the butterfly effect is real. When one person gets even a little bit better, we all get better around the world. It'll be felt you're never, ever insignificant. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And I will put your information and contact information and where to get the book, all that in the uh, description down below, whatever, where we post this. Um, but just thank you again. And thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your service. And I uh, really appreciate it. And hope you guys, well, I don't hope, I know you got a, a ton out of this one. Um, and <laughs> we are going to be complete for this one. Yeah. You guys have a really great day. We will see you on the next one. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.